pregnant at 17. I had my daughter at 18. Um, I went through the whole pregnancy alone. She was a gift to me. Um, Lately gave me strength, strength I thought I never knew I had. My daughter always was dancing. She loved dancing. I used to tell her, you're gonna be a little dancer, huh? Oh. <laughs> I chose to have my daughter because I didn't have a mom. My mom um, battled with mental illness. I told myself the first time I have a baby, I'm gonna be the best mom that I never had. I stuck with that and it was hard. Get up off the floor now. Yeah. It was, it was very hard, but my daughter became my best friend. You on a date? <laughs> she became the light that I, I, I never knew I needed. Um, for a long time. I moved around, I was in foster care, I was in group homes. So when I had my daughter, I was, I was giving her the love that I never had. She's beautiful, I tell her you can be anything you want in the world. Like I just uplifted her and told her like, you know, mommy always got you. And she passed away. When people say my heart, they heartbreak, I felt my heart shatter. My heart hasn't, I haven't felt it come back since. For eight months, I didn't know how my daughter died. Malia Blue died April 25th, 2023 at the hospital in Syracuse. She had high levels of fentanyl. I was at work when I got the call and my daughter was no longer breathing. We got to the hospital and she was, she was gone. I let her go with people that I thought really loved her and that was gonna take, was gonna watch her and be, be good to her. But my daughter died from an overdose of fentanyl on her system. And nobody that was there around her knows how that happened. No one has been arrested for Malia's death. I don't want nobody to ever feel that pain. I was just a single mother, just trying to provide for my kid. I want justice for Lele. I lost everything when my daughter died. I lost everything, including the only person that I loved. Not only that, I went through abuse. I lived alone. Um, I carry her ashes every day with me, <laughs> around with me, because I don't really have nowhere to like put them. Mm. This is her. I just keep it with me forever, wherever I go. It was just me and her, that's all I knew. That's all I knew was my daughter. We did it alone, together. I don't know what to do no more. It is I, it's your boy Remix Reek. And today we got Panache Talk Podcast. And this is probably the saddest story I ever reported on to date. And I just wanted to shed light on this story because it's like, it's no one cares. And I'm not going to say no one cares, but the fact that no one's arrested or anything. I mean, a two-year-old has passed away because of a, a fentanyl appeal that I know she doesn't have access. So whoever was watching it, whoever pill that was, like, 
it's messed up. Like, I really wanted to, like, please share this story so maybe the police could do something about it. They could finally do their job. Or, you know, I want, I want the mother, you know, to to reach out or something so we could find out some type of way to help her or help her cope or to help her get, I don't know, maybe an urn or something to put the baby's ashes in. Cause she's she's walking around carrying the baby's ashes in a in a, in a sandwich bag and like I can only imagine, man. I can't imagine I can't imagine that type of pain. Like your your two year old child is gone. Like I I seen online a GoFundMe, but it'd be so many scams. I don't know if that's the right GoFundMe or not. And I didn't see too many people talking about this online at all. I didn't see like. When I typed it in, I didn't see like any news channels or anything. And the fact it's been 10 months and no arrests has been made or anything. I'm flabbergasted about that. Like, that's crazy. I mean, it's only like three suspects, the the father, the grandma, and the grandma's boyfriend. And, and they was in charge of the baby's care while she was at work. So I don't know, man. That that story just it really has me sad, man. Like it is it's it's really crazy out here, man. Like you can't leave your child with the father. I ain't saying for everybody, but I'm not even gonna say father or like the fact that when you trust your child with other family members, you know, somebody who's supposed to love and protect her and then and that happens because you know I didn't left my child with other family members and if something like that happened I don't know I would probably I would probably do something to my family members like there's no way like you let I left my child in your care your family like and you let this happen but um so the story that I just showed in the beginning it didn't cover everything, so basically I'm going to read everything in details so y'all can know what was really was going on because the video that was just played about Malaya, um, it, it didn't cover everything. So I'm going to read in details just about everything so y'all can know what's going on. So, okay. Heaven Blue, that's the mother, who was 18 year old. She was 18 years old when she gave birth to her daughter nearly three years ago in Syracuse. Blue grew up without her parents, bouncing among foster care homes, she said. Her daughter, she thought, would be the chance to have a family that she never had. It was the love of her life. Um, she named her baby Malaya Adora Blue, nicknamed Lele. She said she came from homes that wasn't good to her, and the people wasn't good to her either. She wanted to show her daughter that you don't have to come from that. She doesn't have to grow up from that. My bad, I'm reading in quotations. They wrote it different, but so y'all could, you know, understand. So basically, the mother grew up hard. She grew up in the foster care, growing, bouncing from family to family, and she wanted her daughter to have a better life. 
since family was important, Blue says she wanted Malaya to spend time with her father and her mother. So on well, his mother, which is the grandma. So on April 25th, Blue dropped off her two-year-old for another visit with her grandma on the city's south side. Some, somehow in that overnight stay, Malaya swallowed the highly potent opioid fentanyl pill. According to investigation by the State Office of Children and Family Services, it killed her. The death leaves a grieving mother and a tragic mystery. How did a healthy two-year-old get access to a dangerous and illegal drug? Was it an accident or an intentional dosing whose drugs killed her? Okay, listen, I'm not a detective, but it doesn't take a rocket scientist to know. Of course, more than likely, I believe it was an accident. The, listen, the grandma could have been taking the drugs. The, the step-grandpa could have been taking the drugs. Shit, maybe even the father. Or even selling them. It's either or. Either they're taking it or they're selling it. It's only them two. And, of course, the baby is two years old. It crawls around. She crawls around and puts things in her mouth. That's what a two-year-old does. They get into everything. They call it terrible twos for a reason because they get into mischief. It's really sad. Like, y'all just don't know. It, it, it weighs on my heart for real. Somehow, someone out there knows these answers, but the state investigators didn't say where the fentanyl came from. The parents say they don't know. Police and prosecutors are working on it, but still are not answering questions yet. No charges have been filed. Whoever is responsible for Malaya's death ended Blue's dream of a life in a family filled with love. <laughs> she said, I felt my heart shatter. She said, and it hasn't come back. After she died, the little girl was cremated since then, inside her mother's purse, purse in a clear plastic sandwich bag full of light gray powder lays Malia's ashes. Blue carries her daughter with her every day, keeping her safely tucked away. She says she hopes to find out how her daughter would have turned three this month, became another American fentanyl victim. Quotation, she said, I will get justice for my daughter. And some point, her case will be at police. peace. So please share like to this story, everyone. Please, like, because I, I never heard of this story. It's just like, I be digging for stories to give y'all. Like, and this, it really makes me feel some type of way. So please share light by sharing this story. But I'm going to keep reading because I'm not nowhere near done yet. Okay, um, the fentanyl use is exploding in Syracuse and across the country, killing drug users unprepared for its deadly power. But it also has caught a growing number of children in its trap. Malaya is one of the 100 people, 150 people in the county who were killed last year by the drug. Damn, that's sad. An amount equal to five or ten grains of salt can kill an adult. So imagine the risk to a child. Fentanyl was blamed for over 5,000 fatal 
kid poisonings in the United States between 1999 and 2021, according to Julia Yale School of Medicine researcher. So I didn't even know nothing about fentanyl until like, I want to say like 20, like really, really knew how bad it was, 2020. That's when I knew how super bad, like I knew what it was, but it's like, it's, what is that? You know what I'm saying? Because I wasn't a fentanyl user or anything, but Okay, pediatric deaths from fentanyl has risen 3,000% since 2013. In 2022, a Syracuse baby named Liam Suave was fed fentanyl by his mother and her boyfriend to calm her down. Piece of shit ass. Man, this is crazy, man. You fed your child fentanyl to calm him down? How about you give him some milk? Okay. At death, he had in his system 23 times the amount it takes to kill an adult. Authorities said, you know what I think they should do to them? Feed them some fentanyl till they overdose. But anyway, now his mother and her boyfriend face his charges. <laughs> some people just don't deserve kids, man. Okay, growing up, Blue's parents wasn't weren't really in her life, she said, blaming parental indifference, mental health issues, and drug abuse. She felt love less like no one was there for her. So she felt loveless, all right, like no one was there for her, she said. She moved through foster families in Syracuse, Elmira, and other cities around the state. Eventually, at 17, the revolving door opened back in Syracuse. That's where she met Malia's father. The pair talked and went to baseball games. Blue became pregnant. Okay, before I read any more, I, when I was reading earlier, I think it says the father is now like 25. So like two years ago, three years ago, he was maybe like 23 when he met her at 17, which is crazy to me. Like, why are you talking to a 17-year-old? You're 23 because there's plenty of women out here. Like, but anyway... Um, mothers often talk about instant love and connection when their baby is placed in their arms. Blue admitted she didn't feel that with Malaya. She was scared in the hospital. She didn't, she couldn't bring herself to hold the baby. I didn't receive love the way that I see other people receive love. So it was very hard for me for that first time, she said. Once Blue made it home with Malaya, she said she finally fell in love she saw her daughter as a gift. I realized it was just going to be us, Blue said. Malaya was a charmer who loved dancing and cookies. Blue said she was determined to give her daughter a good life. Blue knew reading was important, so she read to her daughter every night. She wanted Malaya to see her as her hero. I was giving her love I never had, she said. But sometimes... Her life could be valid. Malaya's father once broke down the door, Blue's door, choking her and kicking her repeatedly in the head in front of their baby, according to the state investigation. Blue required medical attention and Malaya's father was arrested, authorities said. On April 24th, 
This is the day before the baby passed away. Blue and her daughter spent the day at the zoo. Blue said for the first time Malaya had on, had an ice cream sundae. For the first time she tasted an ice cream sundae. Blue said she dropped Malaya off at her grandmother's apartment. Blue said she doesn't know what happened from there. The state report into Malaya's death shed some light. The Office of Children and Family Services routinely investigates the death of children if there's any suspicion of neglect or abuse, or if the family was previously involved, previously involved with Child Protective Services. The reports routinely do not reveal the names of anyone involved, I guess because they haven't been charged yet. Uh, but we have independently determined that it details Malaya's death from an overdose. During Malaya's visit, her grandmother and her grandmother's boyfriend were in the home, according to the report. They are not identifying them, like I was saying, because they haven't been charged. The grandmother went to work, and the boyfriend was left to look after his daughter. The boyfriend told state authorities. He told them that Malaya was knocked down by the family dog outside, hitting landscaping bricks. Okay, so she fell, and I guess she fell on the pavement, basically hitting some bricks. Later, he said she fell off her scooter and injured her nose, according to the report. So it sounds like first he said she was knocked down by the dog, and then she fell off her scooter and injured her nose. Like, oh, as a, isn't, why is this guy not arrested, man? He's the one that was left in charge. Sorry, y'all. I had to take a sip of juice right quick. Um, mouth a little dry from reading out loud this whole time. But he's the one left in charge with his daughter. He has a discrepancy in his story. First, she said she was knocked down by the family dog hitting bricks. Later, she said she she fell off the scooter in the nose. He has abusive uh, past with his mom. And he was the only one left in charge to take care of his daughter while the grandparents was away. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to see who should be charged here, but I'm not the police. So much it's only so much I can do. I really feel for the baby. And maybe hopefully y'all could share this video with everyone so the world can know. Because it needs to it needs to be shed light on it. Maybe the police would do their job if more light gets shed on it. You know, you sometimes you gotta breathe down the police neck or they won't they won't care. But Outdoor surveillance video of the home from the day Malaya died doesn't show her going outside. Oh, my God. So, she said she was riding a scooter. He said he was riding a scooter in outside. And it was outside. And she, the dog hit her. Like, it's just so many lies. Okay. It does capture the grandmother's boyfriend leaving the apartment without her 
for 25 minutes while the grandmother was away at work, authorities said. He is the only one who alerted Malaya's grandmother when the child went limp and had blood on her cheek, the report said. The grandmother told authorities that at first she thought he was kidding. Around 7 a.m., they both called 911. Blue was driving to her job at Taco Bell when she got the call. <sighs> but her phone was off. When she got to work, her boss was waiting with a message. Malia was at the hospital. Blue raced to the hospital, but it was too late. Malia's autopsy revealed, in addition to the drugs, she had a bruising on her face and back, according to the state report. That hasn't been explained. Blue said she couldn't find out how her daughter died. Blue kept calling the detectives and Child Protective Services. She said after eight months, a child protective worker told Malia she died of fentanyl overdose. Blue said, that's motherfucking crazy. Eight months. It's been 10 months now. It's been 10 months. And she just found out two months ago herself on how the baby died. The amount needed to kill someone is very small, even for adults, and depends on a person's body weight, said Dr. Vincent Calio, medical director of the Upstate New York Poison Center in Syracuse. When Often when children eat the fentanyl or put it in their mouth, he said, when a kid indigests in fentanyl, it's noticeable. The kid becomes sleepy and less responsive, and their breathing decreases, he said. Blue questions whether the people taking care of Malia knew fentanyl was in the apartment and if couldn't if someone could have gotten her medical help sooner. Malia's father, his name is Jamir Huddleston. Y'all find Jamir Huddleston, y'all, and give him hell. He's 25, wasn't in the apartment during his daughter's visit, according to the state report. And an interview. What the hell? I don't know. It's like. There's so many sides to this story now. It's starting to change. But. I'm I'm going with. You know. My first clue is. You know. And that's him. But. That day. His mother called him and said. Malia wasn't breathing. And had been. Rushed to the hospital. He said. He doesn't know how his daughter got the fentanyl, he said. His mother has no history of drugs, he said. The only thing that I can really think of is maybe my mom or her boyfriend had some company or something and someone dropped it, he said. All right, maybe, because, you know, there's so many sides to different stories. Maybe this is why the police had a hard time convicting or arresting anyone, because he said he wasn't there. And and the grandmother wasn't there. I, I, I just don't know. The only thing I can really think of is maybe my mom or her boyfriend. Oh, my bad. I already read that. My head is all over the place, y'all. Sorry. It's a sad story. His mother and her boyfriend spoke with the police that day. Malaya died, Huddleston said. Police later searched the apartment and the couple were taken by taken in by officers for questioning, he said. 
after the autopsy found the drugs, the grandmother and her boyfriend stopped cooperating with law enforcement, according to the state report. No charges have been filed. Hedison said a truck driver said he talked with police. At, oh, he's a truck driver. My bad. Uh, he talked with the police after the death. A few months later, police called and wanted him to come in for questioning, he said. He said he asked the police to meet him somewhere else and never heard back. All I can say is it's always three sides to every story with their side, our side, and the truth, he said. As far as now, none of us know the truth. He, like Blue, has Malia with him every day after her death. Huddleston got a tattoo over his ribcage with the portrait of his daughter. Heaven Blue is still grieving. She cries easily when talking about her daughter. I can imagine. She feels guilty for leaving Malaya someplace unsafe, and she feels a crushing loss. I have to look at memories of my kid when I just want to hold her, she said. Eventually, she hopes that through justice for Malaya, she will find peace. I don't ever think I'll just be okay, Blue said. I think I'll just learn how to deal with it. For now, Blue says she has no answers. I feel like my daughter was neglected. I feel like she wasn't cared for properly that night. I feel like the whole story about my daughter's death just needs to be out. It just needs to be told. Amen. And I agree with that, man. Like, so I took the initiative to tell her story because I feel like it wasn't highlighted enough. So um, with that being said, y'all, please share the story. Um, I'm really, I'm really sad about this story for real, y'all. Like, it's a sad story, but please share the story so we can get uh spread more light on. And until the next time, y'all.